All right, everybody, we are back with Hops in a Home. It's Alexis Richmond with Lockstep. And today we are going to be featuring the beer called Belgian Style Golden Ale from Pike's Brew Company. Um, so today we are doing our Spanish-speaking unit. So we are going to be focused on um, our Spanish-speaking clients and realtors and lenders and what their experiences have, like, have been like in the real estate market um, and over the years and just get some insights and some ideas from them. Um, so we have Alfredo Salcedo, we have Neymar Lopez, and we have Juan Camacho. Uh, Alfredo is a realtor, Neymar is a realtor, and Juan is another lender. So they are going to talk about their experiences, where they work, how they came to this real estate uh, world that we live in every day. So, um, Alfredo, if you want to go first and just give a little background about yourself. Of course, yeah, I would love to. Um, so I started real estate 15 years ago back in my, uh, my birth country, Venezuela. I worked for a real estate developer. And in Venezuela, I sold uh, real estate for about two years. We were selling about uh, 1,000 homes a year. And then 2011, I moved to Colorado, got my license in 2012, and this November is going to be 10 years. So I work for uh, Remax Leaders and specialize in the investments mostly, uh, both residential and commercial. Okay. Awesome. Nima? Very nice. I'm Venezuelan too, <laughs> so this is exciting to have him in the same room. Um, I started doing real estate five years ago. Um, I started at a smaller brokerage in Boulder and then moved to Denver two and a half years ago and moved to Compass uh, in Cherry Creek. So it's been a wonderful experience. And uh, I would say like 95% of my clients are Spanish speakers. Um, and I focus on residential. Okay. Juan? Okay, um, my name is Juan Camacho. Um, I was actually born in Mexico, but um, my parents brought me here when I was five years old. Uh, lived in El Paso, Texas. Been in Colorado for 30 plus years. Um, went to CU Boulder. Um, have a finance degree in from Regis, uh, Master's in Finance and Accounting. I got into, real, well, pretty much my adult life, I um, bought properties for uh, investment purposes. Got into real estate at uh, with the local bank here in Colorado. Um, then got recruited by Canvas. I'm uh, one of the uh, I'm the only Spanish speaking lender for Canvas Credit Union at this moment. Uh, I would say about fifty percent of my clients are Spanish speakers, uh, and the others are um, uh, actually have a pretty good circle of influence from uh, in Boulder. So, have a nice split between Spanish and English speaking uh, mm -hmm. customers. Awesome, awesome. Love to hear that. And if you haven't listened to the other ones, um, <laughs> I came from uh, banking at Canvas as well. Um, I just did the retail side, so I worked with Juan quite often um, just to refer clients to them to do the loans for mortgages. And then I decided to get into lending myself um, after buying my first home last year. And so now I am a broker with uh, Lockstep Mortgage. So that's just a little bit about me. And actually, I must say that my best customer was introduced to me by Alexis Branatras. Um, he is <laughs> by far my best customer. Uh, been an amazing referral partner and uh, a lot of has to do with uh, Alexis doing due diligence and, uh, and being an awesome uh, worker when she was at Canvas and we worked really well together. Hence the reason we're sitting here next to each other yeah. and she invited me to this conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. Welcome, all of you. I'm very excited. <laughs> all right. So what do you think having a Spanish-speaking realtor or lender, why do you think having a Spanish-speaking lender or realtor is important? 
Um, if you're working with a Spanish-speaking client. Oh, yes. Uh, my clients, like I say, like 95% of my clients, they speak Spanish. And for them, sometimes they are bilingual and they will like communicate in English too. But for them, it's so important to be able to, to talk in the same language when they're talking about these like important matters. I mean, it's the same like you're going to get a surgery, right? You want to make sure you're speaking like the same language with your doctor so the right thing is being done. So same thing with my, my clients. I work with um, lenders that speak Spanish and inspectors that speak Spanish. There are closers. I make sure they speak Spanish too so they really know what they're signing, what the process is, um, and they feel confident and comfortable um, during the entire process. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's very similar to what Neymar is saying. It's uh, trust. Basically, there's so many different new terms here in the in the U.S. In Colorado, every state has different rules and laws, and um, the real estate market here is b- very different than what you would find anywhere else in the world. So, uh, when making a big investment like buying a home is, which is for most people, is the biggest investment that they'll, uh, they'll ever do in their life. It's very important to understand every part of the, of the contract, every part of the transaction, everything that is involved. So if we can work with a lender, a realtor, title company that, as, that is able to translate these terms or these very specific terms to our language or give us an idea or an example, it, it creates uh, a, lot, a lot more trust in the transaction. So that way the client is very informed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. One. Um, I think I'll uh, just piggyback on what they said. Um, it's important to be able to connect uh, with the Spanish-speaking community. Um, I go back to my own experience. Uh, again, coming here at a young age, my parents brought their bought their first house when I was uh, in high school. And uh, they didn't really keep, uh, understand much English. So uh, being in high school, it was up to me to translate. And it was frustrating because back in the day in Colorado, there was not many Hispanics, especially in rural Colorado where I grew up. Um, and um, every time I talked to a Spanish-speaking customer, I would go back and, and remember how my parents felt not uh, not understanding the process. So I take that very personal. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> um, what are some misconceived notions about the Spanish-speaking lender, realtors, and clients' process? Um, I would say, like, the, the Spanish... Like for the for the actual client, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they think. I mean, many of my clients, like the, especially the second um, time buyers, they are scared uh, because they had a bad experience in the past because they didn't know what they were signing. So I would say that um, being super transparent for with them is it is important because they they have that background. Um, I had just recently an experience when I was helping a client to sell a home and buy another one. And they were so defensive and nervous because, like, the first time around didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was somebody that didn't speak, speak the language. And they didn't really know, like, the HOA rules or all those things. So I think um, it is super important, like, to make sure we educate our clients and let them know, like, what they're signing and all that. So Yeah, absolutely. One? Um, again, just... Uh uh, yeah, being transparent, try to explain to them the the entire process. I think that uh, the uh, what I've come to experience or I've heard is sometimes uh, they they get it, they feel like they're ignored because they don't, they're not sophisticated. Sometimes they're crunching pennies to come up with a down payment. Uh, they feel like mm-hmm. maybe they're uh, they're not 
they're night day deal clients. So um, I've had I have in my uh, in my personal experience, I have an amazing loan officer assistant who actually has thirty years in the mortgage industry. I have the best processor in the company, um, and we make it work. So when I when I take a loan uh, from a Spanish speaking customer who's done their first deal ever, having uh, you know they don't even know uh, much about how the interest rate impacts the loan, other than the higher the interest rate, but uh, they don't look at the other uh, uh, variances in the loan. Um, you really have to sit down and talk to them. But uh, when when I say I can do a loan, uh, for me that's especially important, especially when it comes to a Spanish speaker, because I know how important it is. And um, I I think I was in a conversation the other day, and uh, somebody said, "What is the what does every immigrant that comes to this country uh, really really want to do?" And uh, and that is buy their first home. That is when somebody buys their first home, they're uh, in their mind they're achieving that American dream. And so uh, for me, it's important to make them understand that they are important to me and I will do everything in my power to close the deal for them. And adding to the lending side, mm -hmm. I think also um, many um, immigrants, they are not sure if they can even get a loan, right. especially like the DACA mm -hmm. um, immigrants or the, the people that have IT. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't even know they can get a loan or how much money they need for the down mm -hmm. payment. Like right now there are uh, banks that are giving loans for, with 5% sure. uh, for uh, somebody with an IT uh, when it used to be. 10, 20%. So they don't know it. And then, or they just think that they can not get it. So that, I would say that that's a huge one. Yeah. And I think I've come across uh, some people that are like, well, the lender told me I could, they could do this. They ordered the appraisal. And then uh, a week before closing, the deal was done because the lender couldn't do it. Um, I think uh, I take a lot of pride when I assume a loan. I'm Within 24 hours, I will let them know, yes, we can do this, or no, we're not going to do this. And I feel like transparency and honesty is very important in this in this industry because you don't want to waste anybody's resource or money or time or get their hopes up if you can't do that. And sometimes I think they, they get tricked on to, like, yeah, we can do the loan for 3% down a week before closing. Like, no, now we need 10% down. And it's not fair for anybody, and it causes uh, unnecessary stress. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's very, very common to see uh, clients that had bad experiences in the past or their neighbors, their family members had bad experiences. And um, there's a lot of rules and regulations that go into play both on the real estate side and in the lending side. And um, a lot of people don't take the time to explain to the clients what the issue really is or why things are done in a certain way or the other. So uh, transparency is something very important, but... Um, as I'm saying, there's a lot of rules and regulations, but um, it's very important to take the time to explain to the client the act their actual situation and to set up realistic goals and expect expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Did anybody want to add anything to that one? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> um, how has your experience been as a bilingual realtor lender in the real estate community? I love it. <laughs> I'm very passionate about the helping the Hispanic community, um, trying to be involved. Before real estate, I used to be involved with nonprofits, trying to um, help the the community, help uh, the Venezuelan community too, back in our country, um, and always like volunteering with these nonprofits. I'm always being like very passionate about. Uh, helping them with education or resources, just being myself a resource sometimes. So with this, it's been wonderful. Um, once I moved to Denver, I was able to connect with um, with NAREP, 
and there is the mm -hmm. National Association of Hispanic Real Estate yeah. Professionals. And then through them, uh, we've been able to provide education to the real estate community, uh, agents, everybody in the um, industry can participate with us. And also, I was appoint appointed to be a board member with DMAR. Okay. And it's been wonderful because, I mean, just being sitting in that room with all these leaders and being able to give my input as a Hispanic uh, member and also an immigrant. It's been wonderful. And also seeing uh, my clients reaching their goals, um, it really fulfills me. Uh, especially, I mean, there's something special about first-time home buyers mm -hmm. uh, when they're able to get that first home. And and then you, you know as a, an agent that that's going to impact the future of that family and their kids and everybody else around them because it's contagious too, right? Like if your neighbor buys a house or somebody <laughs> you know, then you're like, how did they do it? Like, I want to do it too. Yeah. And, and and it is wonderful. And I would say like the Hispanic community is really good at referrals, right? Mm -hmm. Because they, if they like you, they will refer you away or like all the way because yeah. they they want the other person to have the same good experience so it's been wonderful yeah mm -hmm. yeah so um so i started real estate in 2011 when there was a lot of uh, foreclosures and um back then i started in, in investment side of real estate um buying and flipping homes and when going to the auctions it was surprisingly to see the amount of hispanics that were getting evicted and foreclosed on mm. by banks by the courts and uh, in most cases, uh, a lot of these people would have enough equity in the property where they would be able to sell the property rather than going through the foreclosure process. So that was a big eye-opening for me in 2011. And, um, and that's when I saw the big need that the Hispanic community has. So it was a very eye-opening experience to see how, how badly served was the Hispanic community here. There was a, a big need for, for a good service, good professionals in the real estate side, in the lending side. So for me, it's been an amazing experience because uh, my background, again, is in, in, real, in investments, real estate investments. So the way we practice uh, at my office real estate is by helping families create a legacy for their future generations. So basically, we use real estate as the vehicle to create that legacy, to create a portfolio so future generations can, can live on and can depend on. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing, as Neymar was saying, once, once you're able to um, generate actual results to the clients that you're working with, is an, ama an amazing experience. Very satisfactory. Yeah. One. Um, same thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I take pride in, in helping anybody. I don't care if they're English, um, only speak English, only speak Vietnamese. Um, actually, have uh, some of my best friends are Vietnamese. Uh, but I, I, in all honesty, I do take special pride when it comes to helping a, an immigrant uh, that just came here, that came from uh, especially Mexico, being my home country, or any Latin American country, because um, I put myself in their position. Uh, the great thing about uh, my experience so far is uh, I think I work for an amazing organization. You have a little bit of experience there. Obviously, you were in a different department, but I work for one of the largest credit units in the state. Um, and um, as you can attest, when uh, when you're a member of Canvas Credit Union, uh, we do what's right for the member. Uh, so we're not going to do anything tricky. We're not going to do anything shady. We're not going to do anything that's going to put the, our, our member in a, in a bad a position or a potential new member. Um, and it, 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 it makes my job a lot easier. It, it eliminates that stress or... Uh, 
Uh, I am uh, one of the most productive loan officers in the credit union, hence the reason I, I have an assigned loan uh, uh, assistant, but some months are better than others. Mm -hmm. And uh, when a slow month comes, I don't, I don't stress about it um, because I, I know that my bosses aren't going to push me to do push uh, a product onto somebody that uh, doesn't really need it. Uh, and uh, my ex my experience and my uh, reputation at the credit union remains pretty high because uh, also because of the fact that I I am who I can be myself at the credit union and not mm -hmm. feel like I'm uh, deceiving anybody and it it helps me a lot when I'm facing a especially Spanish speaking uh, borrower that just uh, is trying to f buy their first house and allows me to give them the best information and, and prepare them for the purchase to the best of my ability. Yeah. I'm a fan of credit unions. Yeah, they're great. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. Yes, and one thing about Juan that I love as well is if he doesn't, if he's not able to do the loan, he doesn't just sit with that, that you find, you look for resources right. and see if somebody else can do it because you don't want to leave that borrower um, in the wind. <laughs> nice. So, and say that it's just a defeat and that you can't do it with anybody, but there might be somebody out there and a resource mm -hmm. that you've tapped into mm -hmm. that you can send them. And that is building that trust and rapport with clients. And I think that's why you've been so successful as well. Well, thank you. And I know, uh, I know we, uh, Alexis and I have bounced leads off each other at times. Yep. I've sent her a couple <laughs> leads when I'm like, I don't think we can do this, but she has that product. And and uh, just a side note, Alexis and I go back now, what, four years, mm -hmm. maybe four years. Um, she's somebody that um, not is only uh, a partner, a business partner, but also a friend. So, yeah, yep. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, so what negative responses have you had to combat as um, a person of color, specifically Hispanic descent here in um, the market, the real estate market? Mm. I um again like just the negative experiences that they had before and those stories uh i would say that that's most likely i personally haven't had any any issue um like personally with uh, racism or anything like that um and i haven't really heard of any stories besides like just like what the what i just mentioned that they didn't really know what they were signing mm. um but other than that thank god no more than that <laughs> that's good yeah yeah, <laughs> Alfredo? yeah no I've, I've never had any any uh bad experiences honestly that i had to come back from um yeah i mean maybe maybe the only thing that sometimes i can point out is that um a lot of um, a lot of agents or lenders sometimes they assume that because we're bilingual or or we come from a um, different country, uh, our level of our level of service or our knowledge is inferior to them. Um, so sometimes they'll probably make an assumption that we don't know what we're doing. But I mean, it's not racism or anything like that. It's, and um, yeah, I mean, it's not something that affected me or my clients personally. I I, I feel that. Colorado is a very, um, it's a very good state. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. One. Um, I agree, and I agree with Alfredo mm -hmm. and um, and Amar. I'm, I love Colorado. I love Denver. I've mm -hmm. traveled quite a bit in my life, yeah. and the more I travel, the more I love Denver. Uh, I don't think we necessarily see uh, obvious racism. Uh, I think all human beings are inherent racist. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have to be towards a person. It's yeah. towards something or. Uh, but I haven't really had any bad experiences. Um, and again, I think it's uh, in this business, if you're going to survive in this business, you got to be confident. 
Um, so my uh, my take has always been if somebody has a problem with my ethnicity or where mm -hmm. I came from, I, I can't change that. That's your problem, not mine. So I'm gonna Good. be yeah. I'm gonna be myself <laughs> until the day I die, and um, and I'm proud mm -hmm. of who I am and where I came from. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good note to end, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that as well. <laughs> um, okay. So, what about the buying process? Do you feel is different for Spanish speakers? It is very different. It's probably um, it probably takes takes twice of the effort that it would take with uh, uh, somebody that speaks English um, because we need to translate everything uh, to them, explain. Let's say like the HOA docs arrive. No, you, you know I usually just uh, go through them with my clients because they they won't understand what it means and uh, I make sure most of my clients are first-time home buyers and I explain the entire process um, I do a buyer consultation and they usually are nervous and I, it probably will take like an hour and a half every time that I meet with a client um, and then again they they ask a lot of questions, like if they talk to a lender, they usually will come back to me to make sure uh, they are okay, they have this, um, they're defensive, they're nervous, and um, it takes longer, usually the way that they get approved also uh, takes longer because they are no, sometimes they don't have a W-2 job, sometimes most of my clients, they have like their own business, and then when you're self-employed, the process, it might take longer, it might be more difficult, and then there is all these forms that they need to fill out, and they are all <laughs> in a different language, and mm -hmm. you need to uh, explain all those to them, um, and Again, like the the Hispanic community, um, I'm a big fan of trying to of financial literacy because it's not only buying the house, it's the rest and getting ready for it, right? Like sometimes I have a client and it takes me two or three years to get them ready to buy because they they don't trust in the banks because they had a bad experience in their country when their money got taken away or something happened. So they have their money like under the matrix. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, you can, sometimes that happens and then you have to like start from zero and make sure that they... They put the money in the bank, they reflect how much they make when they do their taxes, that they uh, have good credit because sometimes, like in my own experience, when I moved here, I had no idea how my credit score was going to impact like my entire life. Mm -hmm. So uh, it took me a little bit to understand that, you know, my credit score like lowered at the beginning because I didn't know that if I missed one payment on a Macy's credit card it was gonna impact my credit score mm -hmm. and my ability to buy a car or a house so I think uh, mm -hmm. education is huge and um, it takes longer because if you are coming from another country the rules are different so you have to like start from the scratch and mm -hmm. it, it takes a lot of energy and and time yeah absolutely mm -hmm. um, I mean the, the rules and regulations are the same for everyone right so uh, I won't generalize by saying that every Hispanic buyer it takes double the amount of work or more time. Uh, depends on the client itself. Like there's Hispanics that are super well qualified, very organized. Their tax their, their tax returns are on spot. Credit score super high, and then and then they can get pre-qualified in hours. Um, so there's there's some others where they're not as organized, and then you need to you know invest a little bit more time explaining how things work and how the lender and the banks are going to see their tax returns to qualify them for a home. Mm. Um, so it definitely, it definitely for, for a lot of clients, it takes an extra step 
of explaining how things work so they can apply for the, for the loans or the financing. Um, but it depends for, the, for, for every client. I mean, I have clients from multiple different nationalities. There's ones that are easier, there's ones that are harder. Uh, it, I think it's like a, depending on how organized you are. But uh, definitely by coming from a different country, you need to learn the new rules. As Neymar is saying, the credit, the credit um, scores, tax returns. Uh, there's so many different things that they don't use in our countries to qualify us or to measure our liquidity or uh, our income. So it's important to like understand the rules, understand your goals, and then work with someone that is able to lead you through the process so you can go from your from having a dream to um, creating a reality. Juan? Um, I think, uh, yeah, especially as a lender, um, you see that a lot. Uh, Case in point, I closed on a purchase uh, yesterday. Uh, it was for um, a member of the credit union. It was a non non arms length transaction. Um, I thought it was going to be easy, and you know, once we started digging in, um, you had them pay all these liabilities. Uh, had mm -hmm. to get an exception because their income was was pretty high. We at the Canvas Credit Union we have an amazing portfolio program. Everything was perfect. Uh, they had about $3,000 left to pay in the car. I told them four times, make sure there's a paper trail. And what do they do? They go out and pay their car with cash. So yeah. obviously, we, you know, as soon as uh, we realized that, it, it caused all the stress and, uh, and problems. I had to call them, ex again, explain to them why they couldn't just pull money out of their mattress and, and pay that. So we had to do a reverse transaction. It delayed the closing by a day. Thankfully, it was a non-arms length. Uh, but you see this a lot. Um, another time I had a, a, a borrower too, a, a member. Um, I said, can you type this quick letter of explanation? And somehow she managed to put the whole entire letter or explanation on the title of the email, on the subject line of the email. And, <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things that... You laugh uh, because you know that uh, they don't do it on purpose. They just don't know the the, the system or how it works, uh, and it just takes a little bit of time. But again, it's it's um, at the end of the day, uh, there's that feeling like I just helped a, an immigrant, uh, somebody that's trying to establish themselves in this country. I helped yeah. them buy that house, and it gives you that personal reward that maybe you don't have that with. You know, somebody with a CU degree that is an engineer and making two hundred thousand dollars a year, and oh yeah, like that, that that one that one went smooth. And mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you remember that, okay, you know that person that somehow didn't think they could buy a house, they yeah. they were able to do it, and and it gives you that satisfaction. And that you change the future. Exactly, like that's exactly. impactful. Yeah, yeah but, but going to what you're saying, I think it's definitely more based on education mm -hmm. and personality. Right. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. If you're talking to a engineer well mm -hmm. he's going to be extremely organized everything is going to be perfect mm -hmm. he's going to have a, a record of everything mm -hmm. everything is going to be organized categorized so when you ask for an application everything is going to be there if you ask a real estate agent like mm -hmm. myself we're not the most organized people yeah. out there you know <laughs> right. like we, we love we love we love dealing and willing we like putting Talk deals to yeah. <laughs> we, we love um we love um dealing right we love getting people into homes um making deals right yeah. um it's completely different than what a, an engineer does so yeah. uh, so that's what i'm saying i don't think i don't think it's I don't think I don't think it's fair to say like oh Hispanics are very unorganized no, or of course not. it's harder to get them qualified. I think it's personality wise. Like well, I think I think he hit in on that. Um, I uh, one of the things uh, that I, I I always acknowledge is 
Um, you can't just lump a Hispanic community into one group. Exactly. You know? uh, my wife is from Peru. <clears throat> you know, Peruvians are much different than Mexicans. Uh, Mexicans are much different than Salvadorians and uh, Venezuelans or mm-hmm. Colombians or Argentina. Uh, I've been fortunate to travel quite a bit in my life, especially uh, most of South America, um, and uh, different communities, different origins uh, like to yeah. uh, uh, deal differently. What I and uh, I'm not trying to generalize. I hate generalizing. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there is some truth to that. Um, I think most immigrants that come from South America, in my experience, and this is only my experience, um, I, are probably a little bit more educated because. Uh, the uh, our immigration system in this country is completely messed up. Let's not even get into that. But in my experience, <laughs> most people that come from South America are a little bit more educated, maybe or more organized. Um, and uh, and Mexicans uh, that come here because or the proximity. Sometimes uh, people that that immigrate from Mexico are are. Uh, uh, not as experienced, not as well versed in, in the finance, and I say that because my parents were that way. You know, my 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 dad was uh, worked in in the fields in New Mexico. That's how we came legal status. Uh, my dad didn't know uh, anything be, uh, the difference between a stock or a mutual fund, uh, but we made it work. Uh, obviously, again, he said, "I'm proud of where I came from," um, and I think it's it's uh, every person is is an individual. Mm-hmm. And, um, and but in my experience, because my underwriter tells me that, my senior underwriter tells me that, he's like, uh, we had a new loan officer that we hired last uh, at the beginning of the year, and I was at the home office, and he literally tells the loan of, the loan officer, if you want to learn about loans, uh, talk to Juan because he gets the craziest mm-hmm. files. Yeah. And why is that? Yeah. Because half of my members are Spanish speaking, and I think. Uh, it's it's not a racist comment. It's not a generalized comment. I think it's just the nature of the business. Uh, but again, it's you know you treat everybody with respect. You treat mm-hmm. everybody with professionalism. And at the end of the day, the goal is the same: get them into a home, whether yeah. it's their first home, second home, an investment property, or whatever. Yeah, no, and it's very important also to surround yourself of professionals mm-hmm. that are good at what they're mm-hmm. supposed to do. So, for example, I'm, as I was saying, I'm not the most organized person. Mm-hmm. I'm a real estate agent, but I have a really good CPA that mm-hmm. takes care of my taxes. Mm-hmm. My operations manager in my office, my assistant, like if mm-hmm. you want a record of anything, she'll have it. Like, right. So I'm not the most organized person myself, but I surround of people that are organized, so they help mm-hmm. organize my mess, sure. right? Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's important when coming from a different country to surround yourself with mm-hmm. people that are good at what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So you are a new immigrant, surround yourself with a good CPA, mm-hmm. good real estate agent, financial advisor, lender. It makes a massive difference mm-hmm. just to work with the right people. Because honestly, a lot of a lot of the times that I see, that I see families that come to me that wanting to buy a house, it's not their fault that their taxes are not how they're supposed oh, to yeah. be. Of course. It's not, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the mistakes were made by others, by mm-hmm. the incorrect professionals. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very important to whoever's listening, just like if you want good results, just try to find the best in that industry so they can advise you on what you need. No, and I agree with you again, because, uh, you know, a little bit of my background, um, again, I have an MBA in uh, from finance and accounting. And uh, sometimes you said it right on the spot. I, I get uh, a lot of my buyers that own a construction company. Mm-hmm. And they hire, for whatever reason, they hire a bookkeeper. And I look at their taxes and I'm like, oh, my God, like, how how could you get away with this? How did you let the bookkeeper get away with this? And I think at the end of the result, which I'm guilty of, um, 
Bill Gates is guilty of, uh, Elon Musk is guilty of, uh, the construction worker. We all want to reduce our taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to... M- uh, no, I don't like paying taxes. I don't know. To this day, I don't know anybody that likes to pay taxes. I like paying taxes. I don't like paying taxes. I don't like to. I mean, it's, it's my dude. It's my duty as an American citizen. And, and again, we we take for granted what we have, and we love this country. But yeah. uh, I don't like to pay more taxes than than should, yeah. than I should. Right? Of course not. <laughs> and uh, and sometimes I talk to them like, well, I, uh, yeah, I told my public here I was going to buy a house. I'm like, well, why did he do this and that and that? And um, I think I think you're right. I mean, uh, I have an amazing CPA. Um, she does that. Um, and again, my loan officer, my loan officer assistant to this day, is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. But he, he tells me now, I was literally ready to submit my resignation, dude, because you were so unorganized. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he told me about it. We we organized our files, uh, my files, and. Um, now he's one of my best friends. He's like a brother to me. I know his family. He knows my family. And I think it just takes that a, a little bit of the, you know, getting to know and understanding each other. And um, at the end of the day, it's the reason he told me you need to do this and that so I can help, help me help you mm-hmm. was because um, the end goal was the customer, the member, the borrower. and. Yeah. And I think we can all learn from that. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's why education is so important. Mm-hmm. And like being involved with your community and being able to be involved with this, those organizations that provide those resources and spread the word. Because uh, you don't know what you don't know. So obviously they, they make mistakes. And it's mm-hmm. um, like in me personally, um, for me, it's a responsibility to be able to spread the world, to be involved with certain organizations that are educating our community so they can be financially stable and ready to, to purchase a home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I liked what you said about everybody can be involved because yeah. I think it's also important to educate people that are not in your community and create. And if in case they do get those loans, they are still equipped to... Um, handle it and know where their resources are and be okay to ask for help and make sure that the title person as me I've done Spanish speaking loans myself and you know just making sure that there's someone there that speaks Spanish at title Um, do you have a realtor that's translating these things for you do you not what do you not understand is someone translating so that you can as I cannot (laughs) so you know just being an advocate but knowing your resources as someone in the community that isn't Spanish speaking but still wants to help and be an ally and be an advocate um, to make sure that they're still getting a home and I think that those bad experiences are for the people that treat it just like every other transaction when when you're not a part of the community it's not another transaction you have to be malleable you have to change and adapt and learn and figure out what other ways to make sure that they're still getting the same information and same getting the same experience so um, I just wanted to add to that (laughs) so that's why I thought it was important we were all here today so so I can learn so what programs or steps have you taken to create more space for Spanish speakers in real estate or homeownership it was kind of like a double um I mean, I would say, like, as for now, being involved with NAREP, it's been huge for me. Um, Being able to connect with other professionals in the industry that have the same mindset or similar mindset of um, a sense of community to to help out and being involved. Uh, And not only being involved with the transaction itself, but also policies about housing that, of course, like, you can be ready to buy a house, but if the policies that are in place are not supporting you, then you're not going to be able to buy a house. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to 
to be involved, I'm not saying in politics, but policies. So mm -hmm. knowing what's happening. Um, and I really like um, the fact, like, for example, in Arab, we have somebody that is um, in governments and affairs. So that person goes to Congress, goes to all these meetings, and then they come back and share with us all, all that information. And we are aware we can vote, we can um, spread the word too. Um, so I would say for me, like being part of that organization has been very impactful. Alfredo? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so um, so what I do, I have um, two weekly uh, radio interviews in Hispanic uh, radio stations. And in those in those uh, interviews, every week I talk about the real estate market, the economy, um, Wall Street investments. Uh, I mean, I do a, most of my my program is about education. So depending of what's happening that week in the economy, in in, in the state, in certain different counties, um, basically that's the information that I provide to the to the uh, community. And uh, we are, we also offer free consultation to anyone that is willing to that wants to grow, that wants to be better tomorrow than they are today, that wants to improve their finances. So I help them in the real estate side, and then my wife is a financial advisor, so she, so she helps them on the financing side. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we just try to be as much of a, of a resource to the community as possible so they can um, get the correct information and understand how different uh, changes are affecting their specific um, situation. Juan? Yeah, uh, my hands are, I guess, uh, my hands, I would say my hands are a little bit tied because I do represent a credit union, so I can't just go out there and, and do marketing at, at my own uh, liking or because I want to do this and that. Mm -hmm. um, that is something that I've been talking to our executive team about uh, Canvas being more uh, known in the Hispanic community. Um, we are the second largest credit union in, in the state. We're actually the number one. You can you can attest to that. Mm -hmm. We're the number one auto lender in the state, um, and uh, a large portion of our members are Spanish speaking only, especially in the Thorn Branch, which okay. you're very familiar with. Yes. Uh, I, that's where I got in a lot of my referrals, uh, and I think uh, the thing, the only thing I do on a personal level is I try to. Uh, uh, try to what's the what's the best word to say this? Um, I try to connect to the Hispanic member the best way I can and make them feel like at home. And uh, mm -hmm. because our, of the credit union, you know, uh, we sometimes uh, the Hispanic member wants to meet in person at the credit union, which in in this uh, at the current in the current times, that's something that is kind of a losing art or most people. Uh, one apply online, and uh, I'll be honest. Eighty percent of my members, I or my bars, I never meet in person. Everything is handled online over the phone, or you know. But sometimes you do have that his that member, and not only Hispanic, but different members that mm -hmm. want to meet in person. They're like, no, they're adamant about meeting in person. So we we scheduled uh, a branch meeting. But uh, going back to the Hispanic, sometimes uh, more a lot of them have their own business or their work a long hours. And uh, they're unavailable from 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. and they work Saturdays. Uh, and um, I don't have any qualms about inviting them to my home. Um, I have a, mm -hmm. I have an office in my home, and I, I I welcome them to my house because sometimes that's just getting to know that person and getting to meet him face to face. 
um, that's that's very important, especially you know from people that come from our countries and our background. They're used to the handshake. They want to meet in person. Mm -hmm. They want to do 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 that business and get to know that person. So, yeah. Um, but again, it's it's something that because I represent an organization, uh, sometimes my my hands are limited, but doesn't mean I'm not trying and I'm trying to. Offer more products and, and be more a, b a bigger presence in the Hispanic community. Yeah, and one of the things that we that we also do is we have uh, presentations for for companies, uh, workshops where we um, where we teach the employees or families about personal budget. So basically, understanding how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, with the idea of helping them understand their finances and try to help them save twenty percent of their income every month. And then we teach them also how to use that twenty percent to invest invest in real estate or to open up a 401k, a SEP IRA, a SIM, or um, create retirement plans, emergency funds, uh, even help, helping them buy stocks. So that's something that, that, we, that I do for companies that, that have 20 or more employees. But also in my team, I have a person that is a um, um, personal budget specialist. So she'll sit down with each one of our families that are coming to our office and explain them how this um, budget works so they can understand their finances and, and again with the with the idea of helping helping them create a legacy for their families you must have been feeling my spidey sense i was just about huh? to ask you about that yeah because oh, okay. <laughs> i knew that was you or something you were working on <laughs> yeah. and budgeting is very important so um i do that i try to as as well as have those budgeting conversations um just coming from the credit union um, we would have to sit down a lot with them and talk about, okay, so you have, when, you know, when you're starting someone's account, we have to talk about what we're putting in here. Do we need separate savings accounts for different things? Do we need separate accounts entirely that you yeah. can't yeah. access? Um, so just that discipline in learning who the person is and how it's going to be best for them. I know for me, if it's out of sight, out of mind, it yes. won't get, it will be not touched. And if it's automatically coming out, I don't miss it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so those yes. are two things that Smart. I've learned uh, from working at the credit union. So, you know, just those little tidbits that you can share with people so yeah, that's smart <laughs> yes um so how do you think bilingual agents lenders have improved the industry um i think again um by providing that service i would say that maybe when when you started in the business they were you probably were like the you know one of the five spanish speaker realtors in the in colorado so um so i think like i'm not that old i'm not that old but like there were like less less resources and i think um and that's what i hear i mean i'm barely new I, i've been in the united states for 10 years so um and, but I hear that, that before there were not that many resources. There were not that many uh, agents that spoke Spanish that had the resources. So like right now being able to have access to that, um, it is wonderful Like they, they feel home. So I would say that that's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you're saying, just, um, just by the more bilingual agents and realtors that are in the state, the more the community is served. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, all, not all bilingual agents or realtors are good professionals, but uh, definitely the community now have more resources, more uh, different opportunities or options to find uh, help. Now, um, one thing that is extremely important right now is just basically for us to be connectors, connecting the community with the professionals that can help them. So, for example, we're big connectors of our clients to our CPAs, to our attorneys, uh, to a different uh, variety of, of professionals that can, that can help our clients achieve what they need 
on, on what they need. So maybe an insurance agent. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with so many different businesses that have the wrong insurance policies. They have a personal policy on a business car. Uh, when the when when the car or the truck should have its own commercial policy, uh, so helping them with liability, uh, tax preparation. Um, I mean, it's so many different things that we can help the community with. So basically, by just us being that connector, it makes a massive impact, and I think the community is better served. Absolutely, Juan. Um, I think it's a free market, right? Um, I think in the past, I've been in Colorado for thirty years. In the past, uh, Hispanics or Spanish speakers were taken for granted. Uh, sometimes they were taken advantage of, uh, and I think the more uh, that is out there, uh, the more I have to be on my toes. The better prepared mm-hmm. I have to be on my toes. Mm-hmm. I can't just blow somebody off because I'm like, oh, they, you know, uh, they're a Spanish speaker. I'm the only Spanish speaker in London, in the state, or in Denver. No, that is not true anymore. Um, you know that uh, our customers have options, whether it's a lender, whether it's an agent. Um, mm-hmm. I've sent referrals to agents sometimes, and they come back to me and like, you know, I don't like this this realtor. She didn't treat me right. Uh, I think she was talking down to me. Okay, fine. We'll we'll find somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, and same thing with the lender. I I'm not always perfect. I've made mistakes, and sometimes um, I've worked with some realtors that you know. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I um, I don't like the way you you did this, or you you made a mistake, or you um um you uh, didn't know this and maybe we should take our business elsewhere and uh, elsewhere and again uh, you learn from the mistakes i'm a human being mm-hmm. um i own up to my mistakes and i learn from it and i think uh it's it's something that in 30 years ago when i moved to denver with my family uh finding a realtor a spanish real- realtor was almost impossible yeah, yeah. and i yeah. think uh, now there's competition amongst us we're in the same industry and um, it helps it helps the community because they get better service all right it's like I, I love to see like the bar racing yeah. so like everybody especially the, exactly. the in the Hispanic community how in all in not only real estate but in other careers too how everybody is trying to be better professionals exactly. it's not, and again it's like trying to lose that what Alfredo was saying like some people were saying that the Hispanic probably would like offer a bad service because mm. and I'm, we had that bad reputation but now it's changing very quickly because we're providing a better service we have a better competition we are preparing better so mm-hmm. I, I love it I love that mm-hmm. yeah. seeing that in our own industry yeah, Juan, and you mentioned the two key words that are very important, which is free market and competition. Mm-hmm. So basically, competition in a free market, that's what it creates. Mm-hmm. The more competition you have, the better service mm-hmm. you'll see. And that, and that applies to our industry. Like if you see Tesla, for example, yeah. for the longest time was the only electric car maker. Now that more companies are starting to do electric cars, now Tesla has to step up their game. Sure. to provide a better product, right? So the same happens in every industry, lenders, realtors, the more competition, the better service or the bar gets, gets raised, as you were saying, Emar. And I think that's especially important from uh, in our, coming from our countries, right, where sometimes we don't really have a free market in, other, mm-hmm. in our countries. Um, and uh, and now, I'm a, again, I'm a free capitalist, yeah. and I, uh, that's one of the things that makes this country, uh, to this day, the greatest country on earth is competition and um and it's it not only at the real estate level but all levels yeah that's yeah. That, that's what i love paying taxes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's fair next time i'll give you my tax bill too <laughs> no just you, you said no, it. I, mean, I understand it's the greatest country it's great, it. yeah, yeah. It's free market and there's competition yeah no it is uh, uh i think like you said uh, you know when, 
I have a son in school. Yeah. Um, when I was a uh, when I was out of college in my twenties, uh, my priority was not to pay taxes, to fund good schools. Right. I'm, I'm in my twenties. I'm living my life. Uh, now that I have a son in school. Um, yeah, you know, you're like, yeah, I, I want my son to go to the, like any parent, I want my son to go to the best school, mm-hmm. get the best education, and how do we get there is by everybody paying their, their fair share of taxes. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, when you write that check to Uncle Sam, it's always like, oh, damn it. Painful, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, I, I, could be, I could be in Cancun right now, but, you know, it's, like I said, it's, like you said, it's one of those things that, that um, it's a mutual relationship that we have with this country. Um our taxes, uh, you know, we can get into, a, I'm sure we can get into a, all yeah. these tangents. Our taxes always used appropriately? No. And whether you're liberal or conservative, we're always going to have that disagreement. But it, that is what makes this country work. Yeah, so, that's a separate yeah. conversation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I wanted to note, too, that I have also seen more programs offered that as time has gone on, and that's an imprint we've put on the industry, is that with the more conversation, more competition, um, more products are created to be competitive, especially on the lending side. Um, and that's great because it means that we don't have to fit someone into one category, into one product and find a way to make it work. We have other products that could fit better um, and get them through the door. And maybe we can look at those original products down the line for the next one. Um, But I think that's also been a really good contribution is it's not just one conventional FHA, VA, USDA. We have so many options to offer. So, (laughs) And I I honestly think that's something that is going to increase uh, a lot because, I mean, the last few years, I mean, this face it it was very easy to get a loan approved it was very easy to find buyers but now with the market shifting uh, a lot of the companies is going to start like either improving their customer service or coming up with new programs to to serve the community yep Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. um okay how do you see financial access for um, hispanic people in the next 10 years evolving so you just touched on that you said more programs um what else do you see evolving financial access you mean like grants um, yeah, I think just uh, educational access, um, okay. access to the communities, access to resources. Um, what do you see increasing? Well, I mean, the Hispanic community is increasing by itself. Mm-hmm. So we are a massive force in the in this country. We um, we as Latinos or Hispanics, we have a very strong presence in the in the economy, and will still will continue to be a massive presence and. I think our market share is expanding, honestly, because of the effort that we are all putting in, call it roofers, drywallers, engineers, teachers, like we're all doing a massive effort. And I think, um, you know, when, when you talk about programs or grants, that's more, I think that's more related towards like the government mm-hmm. or, or different industries trying to provide tools for, for the community. But, but I think the community itself is already doing a massive effort to to increase our presence and our market share, it doesn't matter which industry. Yeah, yeah like he, he was saying, the the Hispanic community, um, I read somewhere that it was uh, like 51% of the workforce like uh, last year, the increase was In Denver, Hispanic yeah. community. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we're growing, like we're like the youngest generation um, in minority. So we're getting into that point where the millennial, the Hispanic millennials are going to start getting into homes. Um, so you are going to see a lot of increase uh, first time home buyer Hispanic in the next, I think it's until like 20, 20, 2035. 
somewhere around there. So, and it's just been steady the way it's been growing, how many more Hispanic um, people are getting their, their first time home um, in the last 10 years or so. So it's been interesting. And I think uh, financially, I think, um, like right now with the IT, for example, programs uh, that before used to be a little more difficult, like in the last three or four years, it was a little more difficult to, for them to get a loan. And now they are uh, getting a little more flexible. So I think, uh, again, we need the policies. We need to get involved there so um, so we can get more access to, to financial resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Juan? Um, yeah, exactly. I think uh, Hispanics are obviously a presence in this country. Uh, we are growing influence. Um, I think on the downside sometimes though is uh, for the most part most uh, most Hispanics in sometimes they don't have all the financial education um, and I'm fearing that with this rising interest rates and and the competition right now guess who's going to be left out more probably going to be left out more more so than not uh, it's it's going to be the uh, blue collar Hispanic worker. It's probably going to be left out this next year, maybe into next year. It's going to be very, very challenging. As a lender, uh, I know that it's very challenging because a lot of my... I have 20 pre-approvals right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten of those are Hispanics. And I check on them, but they're getting priced out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And at the same time, I have borrowers, that, uh, the CEOs of Urban Girl, who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's buying his third property. We, we, we're closing on it tomorrow. Um, money's not a problem to him. He's building wealth, no. and it's it's uh, it's a uh, unfortunate uh, situation that we're in because last year it was like uh, Fredo was saying it was a lot easier for first-time homebuyers to get into a home with rising interest rates, more competition, less inventory. It it is a challenge that um, a lot of people in the Hispanic community are facing right now. Yeah, I mean, with this uh, marketing getting more difficult, mm-hmm. the, I I think that. You just need new ways, new strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be a lot of new changes coming. Mm-hmm. And that stuff that we're already doing with our clients um, to get them into interest rates in the 4%, 3.5%. So we have ways and strategies of, of negotiating mm-hmm. uh, for our clients to get under contract. But um, I think, it, 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 honestly, it all comes down to uh, education. Mm-hmm. So if you're if the community is educated, if there's educational resources, then they'll be they'll know how to, you know, succeed in a challenging market, mm-hmm. in a recession or an expansion. So um, I mean programs. I don't know if there's gonna be like programs specific for Latinos or minorities, but but definitely education will be something that it's the real game changer. Mm-hmm. And I want to add to that, like uh, last year they were trying one policy for people with TPS uh, status and it was denied. Okay. So those things are, are being like worked on uh, and there is people that are thinking about those options for specific, uh, for immigrants that have specific type of status uh, and they're getting worked on. It's just like most people don't know about them on the support like certain because it, it is hard right and it's, it can be boring like right <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, i mean those things are getting cooked let's say in that yeah. way are getting worked but um it, it is hard it's just take a village to to push those through but let's see like for yeah. people don't know, that don't know what is tps oh tps is a type of um status is like a um 
Temporary protective Temporary, solution. Yes. Temporary status, I think. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. yes. It was mainly for Central Americans, right? My no. Was it for? Okay. So the the, the it started because it started with the hurricane back in the nineties, right? Well, the, the U.S. can yeah. designate. I mean, it can designate no. any country, and then the U.S. can grant okay. a TPS status to for that designated country. Mm -hmm. So call it Venezuela, Salvador, okay. uh, Ukraine. Maybe will get a TPS. I mean, so it depends. Yeah. Like usually, countries that are having struggles, right. an emergency or something, then. Um, the, the, the U.S. can designate that country and then assign a TPS status to yeah. the uh, and, people and from think, that country. I think that idea uh, came about in the 1990s when yeah. the hurricane, I forgot the name of the hurricane, that severely uh, hit Central America, specifically Nicaragua and Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And that's when the U.S. government said TPS to, uh, because there was a mass influx of, of people yeah. moving, uh, coming across the border and and because yeah. their countries were devastated, and, and, they uh, and I think they, 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 they so, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. I know. I remember that's how it started, and mm -hmm. I, and um, I didn't know that it, they expanded it to other countries. Yeah, so it's yeah. Good. interesting. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, but I mean, those are more immigration policies mm -hmm. than, than anything mm -hmm. else. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, I, um, that's a good input. I definitely agree. Um, it's we're definitely gonna have to strategize <laughs> and think outside the box. Um, yeah. uh, to get people approved um, with the rising in the rates and everything because, you know, they said that you make an average of 70 to 80 and you might not be able to get a house no. now because, no. mm -hmm. and you were the normal, you know, average person, average house salary to get approved, but we're, you know... Even if you have 25,000, if you have 50,000, you might not be able to fit into the product that you're looking at. And that's even, and that's even. not, so it's not even just, you know, people that don't have anything no. saved. <laughs> you no. just don't have a large, large amount saved or you don't have other assets to, um, to maximize on. And I think that's why the education piece is really important for, you know, mm -hmm. for Alfredo and everybody, for you to have this budget class mm -hmm. and for you to talk about financial advising and to have resources and a team that they can sit down with, um, just to talk about those things and see what can we leverage to help you get what we're needing. Yeah. Do you have something to leverage? If not, how do we get you something to leverage <laughs> in the future? So, um, and get start building that. So I think that's definitely going to be. And it's a challenging market for anybody. Mm -hmm. not just yeah. Of yeah. Anybody. Absolutely. I, again, going back to, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, I, I lived in Boulder for many years. Uh, my sister also graduated from CU Boulder. Um, a lot of my outside Outside referrals have come from uh, my former alumni or guys that I went to school with or friends of friends and my sister's friends. And, for example, I have a, uh, one of my uh, best friends who's a pharmacist, just got into divorce, and plenty of assets, great credit, great comes from a great family. He's been on looking for the last two months, and he gets bit out every single time. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's that's the nature of the industry, and it's... It's, but it, it is harder for Hispanics, uh, a lot of them, because especially the immigrants, because they don't have daddy to go to. I'm like, hey, dad, can yeah. I get a gift letter for $100,000? Right. And, and yeah. it's a just it's a challenging market that we're in right now. Yeah. It is challenging, but it is, me personally, I'm so proud to see this Hispanic community that works so hard. Mm -hmm. um, they have, like, many of my clients they have money saved like a lot of money saved because they they work so hard and they have they probably i don't know once i have 18 for example mm -hmm. they've been like saving for so much time because they thought they needed 20 percent uh, for the down payment and they sometimes they have a mobile home paid for because that was the only thing they could buy a certain point mm -hmm. so it is it is amazing how when i see this uh self-employed hard 
hard oh, yeah. workers. Like they really work so hard and they have their money saved. Sometimes they have like credit issues because mm -hmm. they, you know, they're like just in the rush of working so hard, like both, like the the mom and the and the dad. And then it's it is it is beautiful to see how hard they work for to accomplish their dreams. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. No. Yeah. And as you're saying, I think I think one of the keys in these difficult markets is financial planning and strategy. Mm -hmm. Because um I mean, yeah, you might have an eighty thousand dollar salary and you might not be able to qualify for a six hundred thousand dollar house, but you might be able to qualify for a four hundred thousand dollar townhome, wait two years, wait for the appreciation, pay down on the principal, save some money, increase your credit score, and then two years later you sell it and you get you go buy that six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollar house. So just having a plan is what creates the biggest difference in, in any professional or any mm -hmm. uh person wanting to to invest in, in real estate or buy their first first home. Um, you know, it's a journey. It's not. It's yeah, not a one. Sure. It's not a one step, one decision destination. It's, it's a journey. So, the better strategy that you have, the better financial planning that you have, the better results you'll get. Actually, that happened a lot in two thousand and eight, um, and especially hit the low income borrowers, whether Hispanic, white, Asian, whatever. Uh, they were getting to big homes uh, because you know, in back then. If you could, if you had a pulse, you would get a loan. Yeah, and um, obviously, you know, the lender was pushing them to get the bigger loan. A loan, the realtor was doing the same thing for obvious reasons. And guess what happened? Um, uh, they were not. Uh, they ended up um, losing their home. Mm -hmm. And I think that's. Uh, I don't. We don't really see that anymore. But it is one of the conversations that I have with uh, some of my borrowers. Uh, you know, they're single. They're young professionals, yuppies. Um, uh, and uh, when I when I think of myself, and it looks as you probably know this about me, um, uh, again, I, I I was also a financial advisor. I worked for Merrill Lynch. Mm -hmm. I was actually interviewing a, a, a customer the other day who was an economic professor for Indiana University. And he started talking about shorting the market and how he was building wealth. I'm like, let's bring it, man. Come on, let's talk options. I want to talk options. Let's talk. I can talk options all day. Um, and a lot of uh, my friends are, are yuppies. We were just talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. For some reason or another, most of my friends are twenty in their 20s, college educated, uh, really great jobs. And uh, and I sometimes they, they're like, hey, Juan, I know you've been lending. Like I'm thinking about buying a nice house up in on the hill or in Boulder or, or maybe on Capitol Hill here in Denver. It's like, okay, well, let's take a, take, take a step back, which is what you were saying. Like, mm -hmm. why do you want a four-bedroom house? in Denver when you're just a TZ on your girlfriend I'm like don't you want to just maybe get into a townhome figure things out and then eventually you rent that house once you do start a family then you do want to go for that single yeah. bigger single family home and it's all about like you said it's about education so yeah. yeah, I definitely think building. Um, mm -hmm. As someone in their 20s right now, I'm 25. Um, I had to really change my expectations. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad I did change my expectations because we went through um, a pandemic. And I was working, but there was a shift in income. There was a shift in how things were going. And I was happy to have a way lower payment, even though it may be a really small place for me, but it is just me and my dog. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and yeah. you know, I didn't need a huge place. 
place um, to start off with that was overextending me that in you know a financial situation might have been uh, more stressful but for yeah. me I was like this payment was less than my rent mm-hmm. by a substantial amount and um, I wasn't stressed <laughs> so um, you know I, I tell my friends this a lot as we're they're also coming into the market and having these conversations and you um, they come from a lot of wealth in their families but I was saying there's two of you you don't need a house in Littleton that's seven hundred thousand dollars I was like I think we can start somewhere and build just like your family has as they have multiple properties all over I don't think they started with that million dollar home on second in Bel Air (laughs) so um, you know so I think that um, and and she actually heard me and thought you know what you're right like I could start with a townhouse that's a lot smaller that's a lot more attainable even though we make really good money but it's about investing it's about building something not just being the one-stop shop big house on the hill so as you said and if i if i recall correctly when you were thinking about buying this house you were still at canvas i was at the branch there for uh, uh you were just meeting. working on something yeah. I was, no this is when i was waiting for my new house to be built oh, okay and i was working at, i was living with my sister and her husband and i was staying at the in their basement well my sister and husband they work from home too and yeah. it was just like, all right, we have three laptops. We, <laughs> the three people, my son was still doing remote learning. Like, there's way too many people working on the laptop. So I would go to the Broomfield branch. And I think when uh, you came into the office uh, one time and you, you, you told me you were thinking about buying this house, you said it's not, it, does, it wasn't what you expected. But I mm-hmm. think I told him, like, it's a great time to get into real estate. And if you can yeah. get into this right now, you know, down yeah. the line when she marries her. I know she she becomes a successful lender and she she marries a, another <laughs> successful person. Then she can go buy in her of dream course. house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea is that the purchase yeah. of your home becomes right. the foundation of your finances, exactly. not for that purchase to become a burden in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very important to understand that if you're buying a property, and, and especially um, when you have when you don't have a permanent residency or citizenship mm-hmm. in this country, it's it's very important to understand the risk of the purchase that you're doing, mm-hmm. and just making sure that the property would cash flow if you were able to if you were to um, be expelled from this country mm-hmm. so I mean there's a few programs that um, that you need to be very careful about especially when you don't have a legal status in this country yeah mm-hmm. no, that's a good, yeah, mm-hmm. very good point yeah. yeah otherwise I mean it could, turn, it could turn into a nightmare in like a second mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah absolutely the absolutely. rule of living below your Means. Okay, so what is a funny story you have had working in real estate that has stuck with you over the years? <laughs> well, uh, I have hundreds. Uh, I, mean, I, used, I, used to, I used to buy properties in auctions, so we would find into so many different scenarios. But, um, I mean, there was one time we bought a property that had about 500 books inside. The, okay. oh the owner... God had a library and he filed bankruptcy so he took all the all the books all the movies everything he put in his house so it took us like three dumpsters just to get rid of the of all the crap inside oh my and this was like a 1500 square feet house uh, I mean there was another one that we bought there was six dead cats inside I mean I have stories oh, wow. for days I have stories for days I have stories for days yeah I had a funny one uh, that happened last year um, I was showing a house in Commerce City and um, we went you know I was with my client she and I were walking around the house and we went to the basement and um She's very leading and she was always, I usually am in the front, right? Like leading my, my client, but she wanted to, you know, she, she and I were friends and she was just walking around and 
then we went to this basement. It was like the creepiest mm -hmm. basement on earth. <laughs> it was all painted in red and black. And it had, you know, all these scary things on the walls. Like, I don't know, it was like scary. And then there was a bedroom there. So then she went inside, she turned around and she went to open the, the bedroom. And there was this like old lady there. But I mean, we were already so nervous that, I mean, we thought it was a ghost mm -hmm. because the lady had like long white hair and like a, a white dress, like a pajama dress. And then she just screamed and I'm like, what are you screaming about? And I saw the lady and I'm like screaming too. And then we're like, no, it's not a ghost. It's an old lady. I'm like, <laughs> and then we just like run outside like it, I mean she was fine and I like apologized to her but, but it was like <laughs> wow. after we get out of the house I was we were like a little less nervous but we just were laughing I mean because we didn't know she was going to be there like it right. wasn't in the remarks and then you know the preempt of the house being very mm -hmm. creepy and scary and we opened that door and there was this lady over there I mean it was hilarious I mean mm -hmm. I, I felt bad for the lady though but I mean, she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what one. Uh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure these guys have better stories than me, since you guys are, uh, you know, looking at home sanctuary. I think uh, an interesting story happened to me. Um, it, it was a a purchase that t it was a it was a pretty complicated loan because this guy was uh, had a property. He's gonna put up to rent. He was buying a big farm property in Kiowa, which Kiowa is about mm -hmm. 40 miles east of Castle Rock. I would never attend the closing that far away. I just don't have the time. Uh, but it, I did go to this uh, closing because I have a rental property in Rocky Ford. Um, that's where I went to high school. And I bought this property right after I graduated college. Long story. So I, had, I was going to go check up on the house uh, and check up on my tenants. And I said, well, you know what? I'll work this out. The, the closing was on Friday. I'll go to Kiowa. This guy was nothing but the nicest person ever like so thankful to this day like he even bought me an, a really expensive bottle of tequila because he said uh, you know what he did for me and my family is uh, instead of me buying him he was buying me mm. um, anyway we attend the closing I'm there for the closing and the the sellers are uh, you know older couple uh, I'm not going to get into more description older couple uh, no not older couple they were like of uh, my age, which is where it gets interesting. <laughs> okay. uh, but, you know, I, you I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I'm old, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. But, um, you know, so, uh, this couple, and um, I, I, I get introduced, and you're in, in rural Colorado. That's where I grew up. People are different. I don't, you don't take anything personal. I, I, I try to say, uh, shake their hand. They shook my hand, but I could tell they were not interested in me whatsoever. Uh, they probably thought I was, like, some some hot child lender coming up from Denver or whatever reason they were just not the friendliest so we're you know we're at the signing and I'm, I'm doing my thing and all of a sudden they talk about uh, how they uh, they went to Douglas County and I said uh, Douglas County is the high school in Castle Rock and I said what year did you graduate um, and that was my freshman year I ended up graduating from um, Southern Colorado and they said 1996. I'm like, I graduated 1996. So basically, we were freshmen at the same school. And all of a sudden, like, uh, we start talking, and it turns out uh, I was at one of the, the 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 wife's when she was in high school. I somehow ended up at their parents' party, <laughs> and uh, when her parents were out of town, I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, I remember going to your house, and we're like, that's funny. It's like, oh, like, oh my god, you're like the only Hispanic kid there. I'm like. Yes, that was me. So we're like, oh, so we're like, uh, you know, it turns out that uh, when we started, they didn't really feel any connection to me. 
at the end of the day, like we went out and grabbed drinks at the <laughs> bar across the street because we we're like, yeah, let's catch up on, but you know, when we we're both in high school and got caught oh, up a little bit, and you know this person and I know this person, so that was probably the most interesting story I have. So then they yeah. were friendly, and then we were friendly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't gone all exactly, the way out there. Right, so that exactly. you were meant to be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate you all coming. Um, I have one last one. Do you have a book suggestion that you love to recommend to people um, that really is dear to your heart? <laughs> Anybody I can go? Start. Yeah, my, my favorite, I have two favorite books that I read even like a couple times a year. Uh, the Compound Effect. Okay. It is wonderful, easy to read, uh, and it will change your life. I I really like it, and I I think I'm I read it last in the last two months. So and I've read it before, so you can read it as many times as as you want. And then I like the Secret, the book okay. of the Secret for mindset. I love it too. So I it, yeah. that I would read because it's not a story. So you can just mm -hmm. open the book and just read a page. Uh, and it, it's peaceful. So I like both books combined. They're so different, but they're both uh, about mindset. And they, they just grow you spiritually and uh, and mentally. Like Campan Effect, my favorite. Second, The Secret. <laughs> okay. One. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Um God, I, I, what's that? Uh, I can't think of the name. It's uh, it's the famous marine. Uh, he wrote a book about it actually. Um, and I think don't give up. I think it's a book. A part of me, I'm like I can't think of the name right now. I read it at the beginning of the year. It's a uh, the guy's really famous. He was in a marine okay. who started doing marathons. Actually, he was a Navy SEAL. Bald guy? A Navy SEAL. Huh? Bald guy? Yeah, bald, bald, black, bald guy. Uh, he was a Navy SEAL, the and then he started doing marathons. And uh, he talks about how he failed uh, Navy SEAL training uh, two times. He finally uh, was able to graduate a third time, and then he started running marathons. And it talks about uh, he goes into all the physical pain and, and mm -hmm. just reminds you that pain is temporary and uh, the rewards are can last a uh, uh, a lifetime will last a lifetime and uh, I think that back in and like in my career sometimes um, you know you lose a loan or you put in a lot of work into a loan and it 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 somehow it just doesn't work out mm -hmm. uh, and, but uh, you learn from that experience and uh, makes you a stronger person and that's kind of the theme of the book um, he failed many times he put his body and mind through uh, hell um, and when he failed uh, or he didn't uh, meet his, his goal, he learned from that. And I, yeah, that for me carries on in, in mm -hmm. my professional career, but also the personal career. Because I'm in my mid-40s, I still uh, want to be active. I have a son that's 14. I tell him to this day, uh, I am going to kick your butt in basketball <laughs> all the way through college. And uh, it motivates me to be healthy, to join a gym and go work out. And uh, sometimes it's not easy. It does. I, I. It doesn't get any easier with age. Uh, but I. I always remember that uh, the reason I'm doing it. And and mm -hmm. sometimes, um, you know, you you're not successful, but uh, you learn from that mistake. And that's mm -hmm. probably a, most recently. That's probably one of the most uh, influential <laughs> books that I've read uh, recently. 
Nice. Okay. Perfect. Uh, I would say Atomic Habits. Habits. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's like a good one too. I have. It's on the list. <laughs> I know I have some habits I need to get get better at. So, <laughs> well, I appreciate you all being here and giving all of your input. And um, I know that we will all get to still be in each other's lives and get to work together and still continue to help each other. And you have taught me a lot today. So um, uh, this was Hops in a Home, and you can check in with us next time. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us, Alexis. Thank you very much. Yeah.